So how's everybody doing this morning? Yeah, this crew's fired up. How's everybody online? Good to see you. So my name is Chris Neal, in case you didn't know, and I am the associate pastor here at Grace. Tommy, the lead pastor, is taking the day to kind of recover from his 27 messages last week. But he's ready to go. He's always ready to go, man. He, he's inspiring. To the, the amount of content, content he generates every week is just really inspiring. And so, but I'm glad all of you are here, and I'm glad to get to be here with all of you on this last four-service Sunday. We're making history today. So, so in the Grace Trivia, who preached the last four-service Sunday? It'll be Chris, just in case you just wondering. But we're glad you're here. And so this morning, I want to start out with a fun game, and online you can participate. It's a fun game I like to call, What Are These Groups of Animals Called? Okay. What are these groups of animals called? Let's start out. So one of these animals by itself is called an elephant. When we get a group of elephants together, does anybody know what that is called? You can type it in the chat online. It's actually a herd. A herd of elephants. Yes, yes. All right. So next picture. One of these animals on its own is called a cheetah. When you get a group of cheetahs together, it's called a Cheetos. No, but good guess, good guess. <laughs> Does anybody have, not the pride, a lot of people get pride, but it's actually a coalition of cheetahs. Yes, I know, I was, I was surprised too. One more, one more just for fun to get our game going here. So one of these animals on its own is a donkey. A group of, uh, of these donkeys together, and remember we're in church, so. A group of donkeys together is called a, a pace. It's kind of a weird one too. So a pace. And now, before we show this next picture, I want you to think about what this crazy group of animals might be called. Go ahead and throw that one up there. <laughs> Somebody said terrible. <laughs> so anyway, this is actually the Razorback Nation. These guys here in the front row, this is bold and free. This is bold and free living right here, whether you're wondering or not. But you can go ahead and take that down probably. So what we see in my funny little game is this, is that each animal on its, on its own has a name, right? Each animal on its own has a name. But when we get a group of these animals together, they take on a new name. They take on a new identity. And that's what we see in experiencing God this week. So what do you call people that are trying to follow Jesus Christ as best you can? Well, you might call them a disciple. You might call them a Christian. You might call them a follower of Christ. But we learned a new name for these people this week. Blackaby calls them kingdom people, kingdom people. And so let's read Matthew 6 through 9 and kind of start unpacking all this. So Matthew 6 through 9 says this, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so in this prayer, this is the Lord's prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And for his disciples, when they heard this prayer, like they would have identified with this, just like many of us do. Like, like we're used to all these earthly kingdoms, and, and they kind of knew about earthly kingdoms because their whole life was made up of, of nations and rulers and kings and kingdoms. But in this prayer, Jesus is referring to an upside-down kingdom where love and humility rule over power and greed. And, and the disciples would have known when they heard this prayer, like they got to choose which kingdom they want to live in and they have to choose which kingdom they want to live for. 
And so that's the first thing that kingdom people have to do, is they have to choose which kingdom they want to be a part of. And so if you're here today and you remember that moment that you asked Jesus to come into your heart and you remember saying, Jesus, save me or something like that, that is when you became part of the kingdom of God. And that is the day that the Holy Spirit of the living God came to live inside you and made you part of the kingdom of God. And then if you're here today and you're not sure about any of this, if you're online and you're not sure about any of this, and you're kind of somewhere in between Jesus and, and you just don't know, man, we would love to talk with you more about that. So send us a message. You'll be able to click a link right below me. Man, just reach out. And, and just take some time, if you're willing, to drop by the Connect table and fill out a Connect card and let us know how we can help you. But once you make that decision, once you decide you want to be part of this kingdom people, part of this Blackaby calls them kingdom people, like that's not the end. That's just the starting point. That's just the beginning. And now you have a new mission to start. And your new mission, you are charged to make the kingdom of God visible to the world around you. And the good news is that you don't have to do this alone because that can be hard, trying to make the kingdom of God visible to the world around you. And you join forces with all these other kingdom people. This is known as the body of Christ. And we go out and we, and we try our best to live like God wants us to live. And I'm trying to think of a good illustration for this because we want to, be, we want to join forces and we want to be visible to, to the people in the world, right? So when you're driving a Jeep, and you drive by somebody else in a Jeep, and you don't even know this person in a Jeep, what do you do? You know, you give them the four-finger flipper like this usually, or maybe you wave like that. Or if you're driving a motorcycle, and you drive by somebody else you don't even know on a motorcycle, what do you do? You give them the down low, the down low motorcycle wave. Or if you're at a football game, and you've got your team's colors on, and you walk by somebody else, and they got your team's colors on, and you're like fist bumping and high-fiving, and you have all this camaraderie, like you're celebrating. You have unity with these people that you don't even know. And that's how it's supposed to work with kingdom people. That's how it's supposed to work with these kingdom people because we come together every Sunday from people all around the world are coming together. People online are coming together right now. And then people that are investigating whether they want to be kingdom people. And we worship God together and we refuel and we recharge and then we go out empowered by the Holy Spirit of the living God. And we're supposed to be light to our friends and to our family and to our coworkers and to total strangers. We're supposed to help people that are hurting when we can. We're supposed to pray with people when, they, when you see that they're lost or hurt or alone. You're supposed to stop and be a light for these people. And get this, this is a hard one. When you're merging down here on 530, you've got to keep all your fingers inside the car. Or at least you should. When you're at this big red down here and this light keeps turning red all the time, that's why it's called the big red, but you stop down there and you keep all your fingers in the car. But when you do stuff like this, you slowly start to show the people around you and the world around you the heart of Christ. You show them that you're a kingdom people. You show them that you're different from the people around you. At least that's what we're supposed to do. But how often do we leave here on Sunday mornings and then we go out and really like, how, how easy is it to, to find kingdom people once you're out in public? If you go to a restaurant or to a store or to a gas station and you see somebody flipping out, like, oh, they go to our church. Let's get out of here. You know, <laughs> like, why do we have this immediate bond with the four finger flipper driving by us? And we have this immediate bond with people that love our own team, but we can't bond with the kingdom people. 
Let's look at our memory verse from this week. But this is the tension. This is the tension that we should leave it, live in. If we're kingdom people, this is the tension. 1 John 1.7 says this. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, man, his son purifies us from all sin. So through our connection with Jesus, we're supposed to be like these people that reflect his light to the best of our ability every day. Through our connection with Jesus, we're supposed to be light shiners to the world when we go out into the world. Through our connection with Jesus first, we're supposed to go out and be these dealers of hope, especially on the internet. But when I read that verse, there was another word in there that stuck out through me. to me. It was through our connection with Jesus, we're supposed to have fellowship with other kingdom people. What? Where have I heard this, this word fellowship before? It started bugging me. Where have I heard this word? And then I remembered I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The first one, I said, was it in there? No, I don't think it was in there. And then it hit me. It was actually in Acts 2, 42 through 44. And it says this. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with the awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles all believers were together, and they had everything in common. So in there, we see this fellowship that they had together. And this is our foundational verse for this entire series, really for this entire year. So kingdom people in the book of Acts, they were devoted to God and his word first. Kingdom people in the book of Acts, like they were devoted to knowing and being known by other people, by other kingdom people, just like Bill and Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Somebody in the chat's going to love that. But the kingdom people in Acts, they didn't just dabble in this thing. Like they were devoted to these things. And they went around and they did this full-on pursuit of other people that were trying their best to live like Christ in every area of their life. And that's what we should be doing. Like Tommy says, we should look for them every day, everywhere. That's what we should do. <laughs> We should look for these people. It should be a full-on pursuit. And the Greek word that is translated fellowship, yeah, we're getting deep today, is actually the word koinonia. And Blackaby talks about this this week. And koinonia, according to Google, means to share in, to participate in a common cause, or to engage in social intimacy. Blackaby defines it this way. Koinonia is the fullest possible partnership and fellowship with God first, and then with others. In this word, koinonia, we see the why. We see why it matters, whether or not you, kingdom people, whether or not I, whether or not we choose to have fellowship with other kingdom people. Let's finish up our foundational verse on Acts 2, 45 through 47. It says, they sold property and possessions to give, any, to, give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And get this. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God added to their number. So that means when you're a kingdom person, you find other kingdom people to do life with. And over time, your life becomes so interwoven with these people that you actually realize without you in my life, my life is incomplete. And then you realize without, without me in your life, your life is incomplete. It means over time, over time, not all at once, you share your hearts with these people. 
And now that means you may risk getting hurt. But over time, you realize, man, I need this person in my life at this season of my life. And this person needs me in their life at this season of my life. It's not always about making friends. It's about iron sharpening iron. And when others see this koinonia fellowship and this love that we have, you know what happens, man? The kingdom of God becomes visible. It becomes visible to the world around them, to other people. The kingdom of God becomes irresistible because other people want this, whether they know it or not. And most of the time, you don't even say anything. You just live like a kingdom person should live. And most of the time in the beginning, this can be difficult and this can be awkward and this can be challenging. And I have a great example for you. So last week, Katie and I, we had our experiencing God's, over, experiencing God's group over to our house for some sick fellowship. Yeah. And so most of you may know or may not know, but we're not the social butterflies that many of you think we are. Like this was challenging for Katie and I. But we knew that God was just calling us to do more with this group of people. And so we unlocked our gate. That's right, because we like to go home and close our gate and not talk to each other or anybody else for hours after this. Like, that's just how we recharge. But we unlocked our gate, and the people were like, you're really going to let us in past your gate? We don't have to talk over the fence anymore. Like, Come on in. But in a deeper sense, we unlocked our hearts. And those people unlocked their hearts just a little bit. And we let each other deeper into our lives. And we had burgers together, and we had hot dogs together, and we petted goats. <laughs> I could talk about goats together. People were holding chickens, petting chickens. I know, that's just how we entertain. <laughs> like our kids played together. It was fun. It was good. We laughed together. And I personally believe this is the next step for many of you here today. Not to come to my house. My goats is tired. <laughs> but you have to be willing to step out. Online, you have to be willing to step out and find your group of Koinonia people to do life with. You have to be willing to at least look for them. And here's why I believe in Koinonia so much. It's almost 20 years to the day, if I did my math right. April 16th, 2001. I had a catastrophic accident. It felt like 30-something feet. Landed on my feet, crushed my feet, crushed my back, broke my hip, broke my pelvis. Got a metal rod here, got a metal rod here, still got a prosthesis down here. And I got to that point in my life because I lived for and I loved and I embraced the kingdoms of this world and everything that went with it. From the money to the drugs to the party, all of it, I embraced it. Some of you have been there. Some of you are there right now. Some of you online know what I'm talking about. And I loved to do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. And I did what was right in my own eyes. Man, I remember over that year in the hospital, in, in my mom and dad's room, living room, in a hospital bed. I spent about a year. Didn't walk for about a year. And I remember laying in that hospital bed saying, God, like, I really screwed up my life. It's pretty bad. And I remember saying, Jesus, if you're real, I need you to save me. I need something. And over time, I broke fellowship with some of my old friends, and they kind of broke fellowship with me. Out of all my old friends, three of them called me like one time, and two of them came by to see me one time. And they really came by, I think, and called to make sure I didn't say anything about the thing at the place. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you know. <laughs> Turns out my old friends weren't as friendly as I thought they were. <laughs> but looking back at that season of my life, I probably would have done the same thing. 
But has anyone ever been there before? I mean, maybe you're there right now. Over this past year through COVID, have you experienced something like that? Where you feel lost and hurt and alone and left out. But over the next year, I learned how to walk again. And then as soon as I learned how to walk again, I knew I had to move. Because I couldn't keep living in this same area and be an idiot all over again. Like I had to move. So I moved to Mena, Arkansas. Shout out to Mena. <laughs> Hashtag Mena. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they had a Walmarts, and that's how you say it down there. They had a Walmarts, and they had some cows and some chickens, and sometimes they got in the Walmarts too. Anyway, so I'm cracking <clears throat> myself up. I remember moving to Mina, and this true story. I was sitting in Mina in my house in Mina all alone, and I remember praying to God, God, I need some friends. If this is going to work out, Jesus, I need some friends to do life with. And then I just tried my best to live as a kingdom man should live. Some days I won, some days I didn't. And then over time, God brought my best friend into my, into my life, my wife, Katie Neal. Yes, yes, yes. And we had some sick fellowship together, let me tell you. No, we, we just talked. You know, you know. Anyway. <laughs> oh, and then over time, like we tried to live as kingdom people should live, but we didn't know how to be married. We didn't know how to live together. We didn't have married. We didn't have like a good example of all this growing up. And I remember us, true story, praying together, said, God, we need some friends. Like some positive friends, God. Like, help me find these friends. Essentially, we were praying for God to send some light shiners into our life. Essentially, we were praying for God to send us some hope dealers into our life. Essentially, we were praying, God, help send somebody in here to help us follow Jesus better. And we moved to Sardis, Arkansas, and we built the house, and we closed the gate, and we were miserable. <laughs> And I remember looking down the road, and God's like, nobody's coming up your road. Your gate's locked. Come on. And so we started going to Grace. And through a lot of crazy conversations and crazy moments, like Katie and I, we found other kingdom people to do life with. Katie found people to embrace her amazingness. And I found other kingdom men to do life with. But it didn't happen overnight, and it took work. We got here early, and we stayed late, and we volunteered for almost everything, and we had crazy, awkward conversations. Uh, hello, my name is Chris. I have a fake leg. Would you like to be friends? <laughs> but some people talked to me, like, tell me more about this. And some people would say, hey, what's up? Good to see you. And then they would slowly walk away. Say, okay, I'll see you next week. True story. But some of these people talk back to us. And man, when I sat in my yard the other night and I saw these people petting goats and I saw these people holding chickens, like I knew it was good. You laugh, but it was good. And don't, I mean, it's so crazy because some of these people are Democrats. I know. Some of these people are Republicans. They, stay, they think Trump's still going to win. <laughs> some of these people are Libertarians. Some of these people have been in church longer than me. Some of these people are young. Some of these people are married. Some of these people are single. Some of these people are oh, wise. They're wise. But, but it was good. And don't miss this part. Like I looked around and I was moved because God did exactly what God had promised to do. Man. We tried our best. We're not perfect. Not everybody loves goats. Okay, it's cool. But we're not perfect. But Katie and I, we tried our best to love God with all of our heart. That's what we try to do every day. And then Katie and I, we try our best to love people as best we can every single day. We try our best to live for God's kingdom and not our own kingdom. We try our best to experience what God has for us every day. And do you know what God did? 
God added to our number. God added to our number. He brought other people into our life for us to have sick fellowship with. <laughs> I mean, just in this group of people alone, they are changing the world. <clears throat> and they are they're challenging us through their service and through their hearts and through their humility. They make us want to be better kingdom people. They make us want to love all people better. This little group of people is changing the world. And if you're here today or if you're online, you have this community and this kind of community online or here, man, you should at some point today get on your knees and thank God that you have this community, these other kingdom people in your life at this season of your life, at this season of, of history. Man, and then you should live it and you should embrace it and you should try to get more kingdom people here so that God can add to our number. And... What a lot of people do is we get this little core group of friends. Okay, I got enough. I don't need anybody else. We're good. And, and, you, and you get like invited to serve. Ah, it's worthless. But what God wants to do is he wants to bring somebody into your life to add another layer of kingdom people into your life. And you're missing out because you say you have enough friends. You got enough going on. No. You always got to be on lookout for this next layer of kingdom friends that God wants to add to your life. And if you're here today and you got nothing like that, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've been alone for the whole year. I feel left out. Man, I want you to encourage you. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop hoping. Don't stop trying. Keep having these awkward conversations online. Keep sending these messages to people. Keep reaching out. I mean, we had awkward dinners, Katie. We had crazy dinners. We had funny dinners. Like we had all these, these interactions with people. Some of them liked us. Some of them didn't. Some of them loved goats. But you got to keep praying. You got to keep searching. You got to keep stepping out. You got to keep trying. Go to the connect table on your way out. Push the connect button online. Like you have to start doing something. It takes work to get connected. I mean, just imagine. Just imagine if you unlock the gate of your heart just a little bit today. Just to believe that maybe God has something more for you. And why do we do all this? Because kingdom people need other kingdom people in their life to have sick fellowship with. Amen?